Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your guide on the side. I'm your, your host. Your friend till no end. Your buddy. With a something. <laughs> with with, with I was so close. With cheeks that are ruddy. ruddy. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking Forced ruddy. but I, on that one. Yeah. It's hard to get ruddy into a sentence. What about suddy? Like soap? Like sudsy. Sudsy? Sudsy. Oh, is that, so yeah. not is that a word? It is now. That's our new line. That, that'll work. Is that a word? It is now. Hey, welcome to the show, everybody. We've got a doozy for you. Today's going to be a great show. I can already feel it. Number one, Sky's happy. Uh, that helps a lot. Number two, <laughs> Sky, let's test it. Let's talk really quickly about what happened last night after the show. Oh, all right. Because let's just get. I want it documented. How long have I been working on this show? W- working? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Let's an hour two. Interesting choice of. <laughs> how long have you uh, been employed? Have, to how be long in this have room? I been in this room during the show? Well, you've been in the room like, like a year, year and a half, year, year and a quarter, half, year and a quarter. So after a year and a quarter of broken promises, <laughs> disappointment, <laughs> broken disappointment, sadness, heartache, yeah, a lot of nights staying up crying, yeah, with a, with, with a really sick belly, yeah, with no food in my tummy. Uh, Matt yeah. redeemed himself last night, yeah, and bought yeah. all of us food, bought you dinner, yeah. Dinner. Was it what was it? Dickie's barbecue. Dick- Dickie's barbecue. Dickie's yeah. barbecue. And it was uh, very delicious. Thank you. So uh, <laughs> you are now what? I am grateful and yes. and thankful. And I am. Keep going. Uh, you're all right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you still owe me for that Christmas dinner that you bought for everybody else but me. Well, that was that. And then you taunted me no. by sending me pictures. No, but that dinner was called Dinner of Matt's Favorites. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, am I anywhere on that list close to? You, this year you might make it. I might make it. It depends. I'm hoping. You're doing really great today. I'll write Santa. Just to be on your list. It's, yeah. That's what I want for Christmas. Yeah, don't write Santa. Just write me. Okay. Then I'll put Are you, you on Santa? my list. No, I'm not. Okay. But I know him. Oh. I interviewed him once on the show. <laughs> He's a great guy. Um, so that's really cool. Uh, victory number one. We fed Skyboy, so he'll be quiet for about food for, I don't know, I think it actually lasted till <laughs> almost when we were done with dinner last night. <laughs> yeah, I was hungry. Then you were like hungry Later again, that night, which sure. was totally weird. Now, victory number two was is Bryce. Bryce Alexander Tobin. <coughs> yes. Was that it? You didn't no. do an L. Usually you go for BLT. I know. That's my favorite bit. Bat. Bryce Bat. is only going to be <laughs> on the show today for minutes. Just a few minutes. For a few moments. Then he's leaving where a limousine is going to pick him up. He's, he's decked to the nines right now. He's actually wearing a shirt with a collar. Yeah, I was, I was surprised. It, it's, it's I'm wearing jeans. Let's not get too excited. Well, but, I know, but, but you have a collar tucked shirt. in. A shirt is tucked in. And Bryce, you are you are going to the Emmys to receive an Emmy. Uh, no. Okay. Where are you going? The the Ubies or the Ubies. The Ubies or the Ubies, <laughs> which is an award for Utah Broadcasting, Broadcasting. Excellence What's Association. No, oh, it's an, an A. A. Exciting Excellence. Exciting. A. Oh, it's A. No, no, it's. Oh, I thought it was an. A. It's, it's exciting. U-B-E. Yeah, I think no it's, one knows what the other E is. It's it's excellence. Utah exciting excellent. Utah broadcasters excitingly excellent award. Okay, you won an award. They well, they said, hey, you may or may not have gotten something. You Why did. don't you show up to our event anyway? And you're showing up. I'm showing up. A, there's food. B, you're getting an award. Yes, 
on we and we, because you did a bit on this show. Yes. So that makes this show an award-winning show. Well, we'll see. I mean, if it's, well, if it's third place, I would not write home about that. Well, we won third. You won third. Well, I don't want I to take credit third. for it, but I, I just want to start saying this is an award-winning show. You know what? And I'm going to even I'm going to specifically use the word an award, and as in singular, <laughs> as in not multiple. Because <laughs> right now we're not even sure we won an award, so I probably shouldn't use it yet. I'm going to say a possible one-time award-winning show. At one point nominated, like when they say like Oscar nominated so and so, like yeah, who be nominated? Yeah. You should yeah, like, you should introduce the show every every yeah. day like that. Who be nominated? nominated. Matt fourteen times who be nominated, <laughs> which means we just didn't win fourteen times. You know what's really cool? Um, I knew we could take it to new heights, and it only took us a year and a half to almost maybe potentially win an award. Hey, get there have, when you can. Have, right? have, have you won an award? I didn't know about. I haven't won any awards. Hannah Montana, any awards that you've won that lately, I mean, that we could attribute to the show? Um, I got an A in my class. Okay, that's not helping us. <laughs> that's not even close to helping us. It has to do with audio engineering, okay. which I don't do that's on good. the show. Well, let's just say, let's make that, let's just use that A award-winning <laughs> show. Honor roll show. Yeah. The show is... An honor roll show. See, that's great. Congratulations. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> we don't know. If I get there and they're like, honorable mention, I'll be like, eh, free food. You guys get a pass this time. If you win an award, I am going to get you a treat. Sweet. It will be sweet. You've got to get an award, Skyboy, if you want another treat from me. Okay. Do you know what the show is today, Sky? Um, dating? Love- Ooh, you're kind of close. Deceptive dating. Yes. Whoa. How did you remember that? Well, I remember you asked me a question yesterday in our meeting because I was there because there was food. That was great. That's true. <laughs> and, uh, That's actually Now very, we know how to get him to meet him. <laughs> so you remembered. I remembered you asking about dating and then you said something about deception. Uh-huh. In dating. Today, today we're talking about deceptive relationships, de- deception in relationships because a, a lot of times we're not really what we pretend to be. And – We've got an awesome doctor. He'll be the second doctor on the show. Uh, Are you the first, Matt? Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. Hello. Did you forget? <clears throat> I did not forget. You remind me daily. <laughs> Someone's got to – I'm trying to get my money out of it. It takes, it takes a lot of money to get a doctorate. You have to do a lot of work too. Um, so I want you to notice something. If you notice anything different about me today. Anybody got okay? Yes, guy. Well, I noticed you walked in today with a new. What do you call that? A coat vest? Vest, vest coat? Uh, padded? A, uh huh. A coat. A vest. But, but, it's, it's, a but vest. it's not. It's not a full coat. Okay. So it doesn't cover. I, the I want everyone to hear. There's it. no sleeves. That's my new vest. It's a vest. It's like a coat vest. But watch. This is where deception <clears throat> comes in because on the show we're going to talk about how when you're first dating, none of us are really fully honest. We're always kind of posturing. Right? So I wear this in. Now, when you see it, what do you notice? It's a black vest coat, kind of puffy. What do you notice? I notice someone playing polo. On the vest. On the vest. It says USPA underneath it. USPA. What does that stand for? I would assume because of the polo player. There's a polo player. I would assume United States Polo Association. Yeah. Yeah. So when you see me... 
wearing this, you obviously think what? You play polo. Yeah. Or you I, you like polo. <laughs> you like I, polo. I like polo. You watch polo on the TV. I watch polo. Well, you're not even getting there yet. I'm rich. Oh, um, that what you were going for? I'm rich. There's an easier way to do that. that? Golf. Well, yeah, but golf and polo are just totally different. I mean, anyone can golf. But who do you know that has a horse and has a little stick that they go hit balls with? See, that's that's really special. So I bought the coat today, not even thinking, but I thought, should I buy a coat with a big polo guy on it? And then everyone will think I'm rich. Well, like, were the other options like, you know, like one just had like a TV or the other yeah. one had like. Like what if it was just like a TV and a bowl of chips? Yeah. Yeah. Like that'd probably be the most honest shirt. And even if that shirt fit the most and the best and I loved it, Not I'd still it. buy this one. Of course. Because you're going to think I'm rich. Right? Yeah. I don't even I don't even know if they play polo in the U.S. That's what I was wondering. Where can you play polo in right. Utah? I don't know where. I don't think you Lots can. Lots of people have horses. I think there's a law against it. doesn't matter. Like no nerdy sports. We should play a pickup game of polo. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. <laughs> Hey, you guys want to play polo or something? Hey, I got my horse right in the back of my car. I've been, Darn, you know, I have my horse, but I forgot my polo's mallet. What do they call it, a stick? My mallet. I'm missing my mallet. Yeah. You don't just have a pickup game of you polo. No. Anyway, um, you know, I could have brought in a really nice car, a Bentley. But you know what? Nobody would have seen it because no. it would have just been in the back lot. So that's why I didn't bring that in. Right? I didn't bring my Bentley That's the only in. reason. Well, there's other reasons. I think it's we're trying to get it uh, inspected today. Okay, we're trying. Yeah, it's due. We've got. You don't want a faulty Bentley. No. So I didn't bring my Bentley in. I was going to be all jeweled up, you know, all blinged out. Grill. I was going to use my grill, but I can't talk when I use my grill. Okay. So I like to. It's radio. So it's radio. It's all radio. Logic. So I decided to wear my brand new uh, polo coat. Hey, guess how much it cost? Not to braggadocio about all my riches. $11. $15. $15. $15. In fact, it cost me 15 bucks, but I look rich. I look rich. Listen to it. It's the sound of money. That is the sound of money burning in my pocket. That's $15. You know why? Because I bought it at a discount store. And you know what else is amazing? There was only one of them left. (laughs) Got the last one. I mean, how come this thing wasn't ripped off the shelf? Because someone ripped off the sleeves. Good point. They just That's wanted a really sleeves. Good point. They just tore them off. I didn't want sleeves. No, I can't because exactly I couldn't wear it. In. I'm already sweating in it. I got to take it back tonight too. I'm turning it back <laughs> in. I was just using it for the show. But is the point made? You think I'm something because I'm wearing a polo shirt? Like, oh my gosh, that guy's a polo player. He plays pickup polo in the driveway with his Bentley parked there. <laughs> No. Just because I have a polo on my shirt doesn't make me rich. It makes me a smart shopper. Bargain. $15. <sighs> That's deception. Make sense? Yep. That's what the whole show's about. We got two hours of this. <laughs> <laughs> two whole hours. Deception. Matt, what's the most deceptive thing you've done? Today? In dating or even marriage. What's your dirty little secret? <clears throat> well, one time. No, let me think. I don't know that I've I don't know that I was ever smart enough to deceive too much intentionally. 
So what was one of the big, like, curtain reveal moments after you were married? No, here's one. In high school, so I dated my wife in high school. That's too bad. Well, she's been stalking me for years. Well, there you go. She's a lovely lady, though. She And she, we were dating and totally loved or liked. I don't know what you had in high school, but we were totally in love, I guess. And um, I went to a dance with another girl. That was the deal because we had already gone to dances together. So I was going to go with another girl. Well, um, after the dance, this girl was from another school. And we, she, took, she was bringing the pictures over to show me – to give me my pictures from the dance, right? So um, she couldn't find my house because she had never been there and she was lost. And this was before you had a f- cell phone that you could like rely on to do everything in your life. So she ended up parking down the street. And I knew my girlfriend, wife – was my wife now, girlfriend was coming over to our, my house that night. So I walked, I, but I didn't, you know, I didn't really want these two to meet. I just thought, that yeah, that'd be awkward. Right? That's a good, you know, nineties yeah. TV. So it's moment. no big deal. So and then my sisters were bugging me too about the whole thing. Just <laughs> what do they me. know? Like, hey, oh, you got another girlfriend? All this stuff. So um, anyway, this girl parks down the street because she's lost, and um, I kind of knew she'd be there in like about five minutes because they had gone to a, a telephone booth to call. I walk out there and I walk down the street, and I'm talking to these girls. And um, it was kind of getting dusk and dark, and I looked up, and um, a car pulled up that I thought was my sister. And I'm like, "Oh no, there's my sister! She'll totally freak out and make embarrass me in front of you guys." So we all just jumped in the car and we ducked down, hiding from what I thought was my sister. It wasn't my sister. Oh, it was, was it my better? girlfriend, Ooh. now my wife, and she drove up. And parked right next to the car, and we were ducking. I was ducking with other girls, looking like we were hiding from my my girlfriend. Did she see you? And she just waited until I looked up, and I'm like, oh, boy. Hi. How are you? Good to see I, you. I might have just like yeah. – I might have just like, I don't know, just – Run to the nearest train station and just yeah. left the country. I tried. Just gone to Honduras. I like, tried. nope, game over. Trains weren't running. <laughs> so I tried and she was devastated and she went home and cried. And then I had to go up there and try to explain why I would hide from her with like three girls. And then she punished you by marrying you. Haha, <laughs> marriage yeah. joke. And then See what she, I did there? Uh-huh. And it didn't work. And then she punished me <laughs> and we talk about it every week now. <laughs> She's got an incredible memory. That's the problem with deception. Once you've deceived, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. <laughs> okay. Thanks for pointing that out, Sky. <laughs> I, I sat back while I was telling the story, and Sky's like, you're going to need to sit forward. He wasn't talking into the microphone. I forgot we were doing a show. <laughs> Are we still doing the show? No, hold we're on. Still doing hold on. The show. What a beautiful little on? moment. <laughs> we just we forgot it was a show, and we were See, just doing our thing. That is the goal of a good show, is to not even remember you're in a show. Except for then usually the quality drops. That's very true. <laughs> as we just demonstrated. And we almost missed the break. That's deception. Woo! Today's show, deception. Do you deceive your loved one? Do you have little secrets that you don't tell? Or just secrets. They're not even secrets. But like, you know, maybe it's because you wear a polo shirt that people think you're rich. But you're really not. It's a $15 polo. That's what we're talking about on the Matt Townsend Show. Deception in our relationships. We're going to take a break. We're coming right back. Hannah Montana is going to be filling in for the old Bryce Lamar Tobin. I think she's going to try a little rant. 
It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun <laughs> rant right after this break, right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're talking about deception here. You know, nobody intends to deceive. I really didn't buy the jacket just because of the polo player. I bought it because I was cold. While I was buying it, I thought I may as well look good. So I bought it. (laughs) That wasn't my intent. That's the funny thing about this uh, deception problem is... Most of us think we don't deceive people. That's a lie, because we do. We constant. Nobody starts their first date saying, whoa, okay, I'm lactose intolerant, and don't put any milk near me, or we're all going to have trouble. We don't say that. Why, Sky? I mean, I know you're lactose intolerant, L-I, we call it in the business. I know you are. Why don't you ever tell anybody? Because I, well... I'm not lactose intolerant. Oh, you are in such denial. Okay, never mind. Let's just go right to Hannah Montana. Hannah, he's going to deny his problem. So the deal is they're trying to sell the deal. No one's going to go into a date (laughs) telling their partner everything that's wrong. They're not. Right? We don't do that. Sky, for example, has lactose intolerance. A lot of people have it. I would probably want to be honest with him. Don't don't be. Sky, I I think I think. Now you're saying this. I dated a girl who was lactose intolerant. Did she tell you? I think she might have told me on the first date. Well, because you wanted to go get ice cream. That would have killed her. We didn't. <laughs> I don't know if it would have killed her. No. Believe me. It would have killed her. It would have. She would have died. I, I actually was helping a guy prepare to inter, for an interview. Uh-huh. And I was asking him questions. And I said, what, what's your great, what would you say your greatest weakness is? And... <laughs> Is that what you talked about? He said, he said um, I'm lazy and I lie a lot. <laughs> see, that was honest. I was like, why are you telling? You see, don't that's say it. that. Well, don't see, say see that. that's the deal. So then we say, no, 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 no. Oh, don't say that. Do you want a job? Okay, then lie. Yep. See, we lie. And it's okay to lie in a job interview. Now, no one thinks they're lying. But you don't. What's your greatest, what's your greatest, uh, what's your greatest strength? I work too much. <laughs> I'm, I'm the hardest worker in the world. I'll work so hard I'll probably die here. Liar. We don't. We have to lie like that, yeah. and it's acceptable. That's what we're talking about on the show. Because in our relationships, we actually end up marrying somebody that is not the same person once we've married him. We've tried to sell him, and that's what Hannah's talking about. Sales techniques are used every day in the real world, whether it's marketing, finance, advertising, and even dating. You can try to sell anything, software, a product, or in the venue of dating, yourself. So how can you guarantee your success? Just like any sales job, start by getting up to speed about what you are selling. Then use these five sales techniques. Number one, prepare. Before you make your first initial contact with a potential client, make sure you research their business or their Facebook. Understand their industry and take a look at what their competitors are doing. Number two, people skills. You are the face and personality of your product, so make yourself likable. Number three, first impressions really count. Research shows that the majority of people make their first impression of you within 15 seconds of meeting you. That means that the first meeting is always about looking and appearing smart. Number four, build the relationship. 
To build on the relationship, it is important to maintain regular contact with a client. If you don't, they will either go to your competitor or lose trust in you. Make sure they know that they can contact you by email or mobile at any time. And finally, number five, don't rush the sale. Never let your customer feel like they are being rushed into a sale. This is important, especially if you are still building the relationship. If you can make them feel like they are in control of the relationship, you won't risk losing the client to a competitor. Whether you use these techniques for dating or for sales, it works either way. That was really good. I learned a lot. I think you missed one. Okay, what's that? You have to ask for the sell. You have to ask for the sell. In sales, you have to say, this is the line I like. What's it going to take to get you in the car today? Or, so, it's so obnoxious. It is though. obnoxious. So if I were pushy. dating, I would say, what's it going to take to get a second date with you? That's what I'd say. <laughs> Did you see how it deepened my voice a little bit? Made it a little more sultry? Deception. Yep. Totally deception. This voice right here, not even my real voice. <laughs> this is my real voice. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to keep it deep through the whole show? <laughs> it's hard. I can only imagine. <laughs> Did you guys not know that? I'm faking. My I, voice. I isn't assumed even... as much, but I didn't know for sure. Well, I've actually but now met you people clarified. that change their voice 100 percent of the time they're talking. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. No, there's no deception here. I'm 100 percent this messed up. <laughs> this is legitimately me, but I do have a PhD, which de Did messes you me up. Deceive your way into getting that. No, yeah, I did. I did. We all deceive. That's the meaning of life, apparently. It's not, but we are fakers, and fakers never prosper. Actually, they do, apparently. Uh, Dr. Sean Horan is going to be joining us, and he's going to be teaching us about deception and affection. Apparently, deceiving the people we love is a pretty common technique we use when we're trying to close the deal and get somebody to fall in love with us. So we're going to get into that today throughout the program. We're also going to uh, maybe talk about some stupid things that people do to try to impress others. Obviously, buying a polo jacket, that's one thing. Skyboy, for example, uh, puts, you know, uh, you know, wears extra padding under his clothes to look bigger and stronger. But uh, it's just your little secret. It's working, huh? It's totally working because you have all these ladies that like it, yeah? Okay, we're going to take a break. We're coming right back. We're talking relationships and deception. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we got a great topic for you today, deception in your relationships. Now, we always think of that as, oh, well, of course, yeah, Larry had an affair, so he's just deceiving. But you know what? Maybe the deception is a more common thing that we see in our relationships than any of us um, actually notice. Maybe there's stuff we're all doing that, uh, you know, deceives our partner whether subconsciously, consciously. We know it's true. Sky and I, we deceive each other all the time. Right, Sky? I'm 100% honest with you all the time. So I don't know what you're talking about. But, okay. I mean, you can think that. 
I'm well, sure. I know you deceive me. Yeah. Well. Duh. <laughs> That's rude. You think I deceive you? You just admitted it. I said we all do. Yeah. And then you said we. Yeah, but you. Deceive the each we. Other that was the, the general we. The general all humankind deceive. Yeah, but you said specifically. Sky and I deceive each other yeah, all the true. time. Well, no, we do. I've heard things. Anyway, we won't go there um, because we've got Dr. Sean Haran on our program. Dr. Haran's been on the program before. He has a doctorate in communication studies from West Virginia University, a bachelor's and a master's from Texas State University, and he researches communication that occurs in dating relationships. That's what his specialty is at the university. Recently, he was identified as the 15th most published scholar in communication from 2007 to 2011. That is a big, big deal. If you know anything about publishing, uh, that's how you, you know, keep your job alive at the academic level. And Dr. Haran was also uh, been interviewed by the Associated Press, ABC News, Washington Post, Houston Chronicle, Wall Street Journal. This guy has made the rounds. And if you want to get a hold of him as you're listening, you can go... Uh, Tweet him at uh, on Twitter at the real Doctor Sean S E A N the real Doctor Sean Doctor Sean Haran. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be back once again. Good to have you. But you know you're back because you were so good last time, and we didn't get into this topic as deep as we needed to. Okay, are you serious? Deception in relationships, like these two cute little young birds that are just so in love and trying to impress each other, are they really deceiving each other? Well, I think, yes, probably not about the love, but we lie all the time. And I think that as a society, we really have this moral judgment attached to lying and deception. Yeah. Because it comes from the Bible, it comes from a value, always be honest. If you were always honest all the time, if that was a fact of life, you would be very troubled in your relationship. You'd be dead. Wouldn't you? I mean, eventually someone's going to get mad that you're so honest. Well, our movies are based on this. So I have people who tell me I never lie. And it's like, well, you're lying when you say that because we all lie. Sky. Sky just said that. Think of uh, Liar Liar or The Invention of Lying. These are all movies that play on the fact that someone can't lie. Right. And it becomes common then because we have to lie. Well, and and it's interesting. We we have to lie in a way because it, it, it seems like society or others. We, we've made it the norm. Lying is the norm, and to go against the norm is dangerous. Absolutely. In fact, there was uh, these researchers in the 1980s who proposed that, that being able to lie is actually a competent communication behavior. Really? And even when they said that, they said, we're not sure if we agree with this, but there's something here. Yeah. Well, see, it's it's even it's funny. Well, and it's funny, you know, BYU, LDS kind of or religious organization. It's it's interesting to even be talking about it because, like you you know, you shouldn't lie. The Bible says it. God says, you know. Yet in reality, we do. So part we of what your research time. is about it's it's let's just be real about it and understand what's really going on underneath it. Absolutely, and I think that. You know, we really, I think what really stigmatizes deception is we view it as negative and problematic and manipulative. But in reality, our everyday lives are not out there being con artists. They're out right. there to, to really preserve relationships or benefit the other person. See, now explain that. Like, get, get into some of the things you've learned about, um, you know, is, is it just, is it, is it with every human or is it more like attached to these more affectionate romantic relationships? 
Well, we actually, in, in diary studies by DePaulo and Cashy, we know that we lie the most to our non-married romantic partners, so the people that we date. Okay. In fact, one in three interactions with the people that we date contains a lie. Really? To the non- yeah. You say the non-married romantic partner. So the girl or guy or whatever you're dating, you're more likely to, to lie to the person you're dating than the one you're married to. Well, uh, I wouldn't say more likely. We just do. And we have to think of it this way. We lie the most to the people that we're closest to. And the reason we lie the most is because we spend the most time with them, and we are also revealing new information. When you're married, there's less new information to reveal than when you're dating. Hmm. That's why we see more deception there. Oh, it's so interesting, because I just think of all these couples I work with uh, in my practice where uh, all they want is on, I just want you to be honest. And it seems like what they're saying is, I want you to be honest about the really, really big things. But, well, yeah. I mean, I teach, I teach classes in the dark side of relationships and nonverbal communication. And part of the readings that we discuss and part of the things that we talk about is this notion of the ideology of openness, being always open. Mm-hmm. And now it's always been a dominant sort of practice in, in therapy and in society. If you have a problem, just talk about it more when that's not really, uh, that's not really productive. Right. Yeah, sometimes not talking about it is more productive. Well, here's a great example. Uh, Matt, I believe you're married, correct? Yeah, yeah. So let's say you, this is hypothetical, not true, but you hated your in-laws. Right, no. Well, if yeah. you always talked about that with your wife forever and ever, and we're always honest about it, that's not going to help anything because you're always going to hate them and they're not going anywhere. So look at that. And tell me there's not a lot of people doing that. They're just being quiet about their real feelings, and yes. that is a deception. Absolutely. If we look at the core definition of deception, it's when you intentionally mislead someone else from the truth. So not communicating can be deceptive. Yeah, and productive. Yeah, and productive. We've made it. We've kind of made a dichotomy, haven't we? Either it's either or. If you're deceptive, it's bad. If you're not deceptive, it's good. But in reality, what you're saying and arguing is some deception is probably good for the good and healthy. Absolutely. Isn't you know what? That's not going to make you friends that don't don't think deeply, Sean. <laughs> well, you got me there. You're going to set yourself up all of a sudden. Like, yeah, Sean believes in lying. What a jerk! Don't go near him. Well, whether you believe in lying or not, it still exists. That's right. Well, and but again, it's it's reframing what lying is. People don't really understand at its core what deception is. They think of these major high stakes lies, these con artists, and these facades. And and yeah, that is lying, but. On an everyday basis, lying is much more discreet and smaller. Yeah. Yeah, no, honey, we're out of cookies. So <laughs> we tell our kids, there's no more candy. Sorry, I'm sorry. And really, there's a whole jar full of candy. Yeah, that you're saving for yourself later. That's right. I'm going to eat it when the kids go to bed. <laughs> it's, uh, I like it. It's, it's really, and I guess we. it scares us. It seems like, I mean, I just even feel inside like, afraid to admit that this is going on. Why is there such a cultural aversion to it? I mean, and even thinking of, or talking about it openly, why is there such a, a pushback? Uh, I think there's a, there's a couple things anecdotally. I think part of it is we're a very moral-based society, so independent of any religious denomination or affiliation, there are some universal norms in America, and I think mm-hmm. honesty would be one of them. Yeah. So by being dishonest, you are violating that norm. Yeah. That'll, yeah. You're not earlier, safe, right? Earlier, 
we're taught never to lie, too. That's a very fundamental, like, child behavior. So I think that's part of that. Well, and some uh, of it's the complexity. How, how You're taught not to do it because how could we teach someone to lie appropriately? I mean, it's so complicated. Absolutely, but we learn it. That's the thing. That's it. It's partially learned. And so, you know, by 8, 9, 10, let's say, we learn how to lie. We learn how to not tell people they look bad in that dress or mm-hmm. we hate their haircut. I mean, if you don't think that we learn to lie, talk to a kid. Talk <laughs> to a kid who is very young, and they'll tell you how stupid you look. Right. No, exactly. Right well, that's it. How many times has, your, has my child said something, yeah, Dad, man, your breath reeks. <laughs> and you're like, hey, be honest. I am, Dad. It's, I am honest. It, I am. Your breath monster. reeks. It's so true. And so we teach them not to lie. And, I mean, that's, you know, that seems like it's us trying to build a safe society. So we kind of, I guess, trying to teach the general big high arching rules. How do you um how do you bring it up and how do you then have a relationship without becoming a little neurotic, wondering if everyone's lying and which what lie is real and what lie is fake? Well, I think that you have one sobering thing is you've been lied to your entire life and it hasn't hurt you yet. Yeah, no one's died. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you've dated some really shady people, you're becoming aware of what's been happening yeah. your entire life. And you've done it too. I think being aware of your own partner deception will make you realize that it's really not what you're doing is not that harmful. Yeah. So you're you're taking the stigma off of it. I'm you're, trying to because it's because it's what we do. You know, I'm a researcher, so I'm always true to the science. You're the devil. And what Sean. I do is study how and why people <laughs> do this and it's happening. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the funny thing is, is we all look the other way and pretend like it's not, but it, the research is the research. We see that we're not fully telling all of the truth. And in a weird way, what does it make us if all of a sudden we, we get that there's this nuance and we have to change the word to lying to this, to, to being more intentionally deceptive? I guess, is, is that, is that, what was the difference? You defined it as intentionally trying to deceive. Anytime you intentionally mislead somebody else, and that can involve being verbally deceptive or even, you know, concealing information or misdirecting someone from the truth. Hmm. Is it subconscious or do you think we're actually thinking it through? Cognitive. I think it's both. Yeah. I think it's both. I think primarily it's subconscious and, and a knee-jerk reaction, but then at these sort of high-stakes situations, we do plan them out. When I teach, I always use the example of maybe breaking curfew or taking the car and, you know, you, on your way home from breaking curfew, and my parents are listening right now, so I promise, Mom and Dad, I never broke curfew in high school. <laughs> don't believe but, uh, Don't believe it, right, <laughs> after this topic. But, uh, you know, when you're driving home, I always ask my students, what was your line? And they all have a lie for me. You know, I had to, a friend was drinking, I had to pick them up, I got stuck by a train, the car broke down, flat tire. Everyone rehearses this story on the way home. Yeah. So sort of when you're going to be caught in something, you're rehearsing and thinking about the story. Hmm. That's just, that's just, I mean, it, it must take a lot of energy trying to pretend like that's not happening. Uh, we're doing it every day. Yeah. And it really is the norm. It's the comforting, it's the thing we do. Um, it, why do you think, again, I guess it is because we're around them more. So we lie more to the people we love that we're closest to simply because we're around them more? Or is it that it's riskier? I mean, it seems like it would be easier to just be more honest about, oh, that was a little lie. That was a little lie. Because we're close and we're tied to each other. But, you know, in a way, we might, we might be more afraid of being caught in a 
deception? Well, it's simply a function of we spend more time with these people, so we have opportunities to lie to them. Mm-hmm. We don't lie to people as much that we're not supposed to because we want to spend time with them, so we don't have those opportunities. Yeah. Where do- Although the research does suggest that in anonymous environments, so we such the Internet, for instance, mm-hmm. we're more, we are more free to lie because there's no sort of accountability yeah. unless you end up on catfish. That's called, that's called online dating. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> we're free to lie. And it's funny. Um, as, long as, as long as you pay for it. Yeah, well, it's funny Although because, exactly, I, I yeah. Actually, I, I actually am supportive of the online dating. I am too. Well, I mean, Although, speaking of deception, an article we go over in my classes says that the average age of an online dating photograph is two years old. Mm-hmm. And then uh, talks about how people sort of manipulate and airbrush or retouch their photos. A study. So really? Well, yeah, it, you sort of see a photo that meet a person, you're like, eh, you were hotter online. Yeah, something was different. <laughs> you look so different close up. I get that a lot because I do TV and they always say, yeah, you look taller. <laughs> like, how do you know? I've always been sitting. I think I just look skinnier. Um, what, what does the – I guess, I mean, you're just as – I always hear people say, I don't like online dating because there's so many liars and whatever out there, and you don't know what you're getting. But you're really making the point, too. In face-to-face dating, people are still lying. Oh, absolutely. But the counterpoint to you know the concern about online dating and deception ultimately comes down to researchers argue and their data supports that the deception in online dating is actually subtle and not overt. So the deception does come down to things like airbrushing your photo, yeah. whereas the larger facts are probably true. Man, who do you so trust, Sean? Who do you trust? Uh, my dogs, basically. Do dogs lie? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> no, they're probably not smart enough. Well, they probably don't need to either. What are you going to do? Yeah. Kick them? Um, it's, a, it's really a fascinating point. We're going to take a break. We're talking with Dr. Sean Haran. Uh, doctorate in communication studies from West Virginia University, teaching us some interesting stuff. Did you know we're all out there deceiving? We're lying to people. And uh, maybe it's time to kind of start looking at it differently. Maybe there's some lies. We'll get back to this that, uh, that matter more than other lies. A lot of it, I think, in the end is just management. We're trying to manage how other people see us. Dr. Haran will be talking about that when we come back. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Madness. That is one of my favorite songs right there by The Muse. <laughs> Go ahead. It's, it's just Muse, not The Muse. Well, how do you... By Muse. It sounds weird. By the band, by the group? By Muse. I think people know who Muse is. I don't think so. Okay. I'm pretty sure if we called your mom right now, <laughs> think she'd know Muse? Don't lie. Okay. We're my doing mom, a show my mom probably wouldn't know okay. Muse. Okay. Rest my case. <laughs> Rest my case. Hey, we're talking deception. That song was by Muse. Good job. It just sounds wrong. We have Dr. Sean Haran joining us now, and um, he is, you know, he's not making friends here, but he's not here to make friends. He's just here to educate us 
on the research about deception. It is a pretty common part to the human existence. Now, doesn't uh, you can make the moral decision right, wrong. I get that. I totally get that. I have this little weird dilemma going on inside of me, like, well, man, we're not supposed to lie, and yet we all apparently do. But uh, Sean Horan is a, has a doctorate in communication studies from West Virginia University. He also has a bachelor's and a master's from Texas State University. Professionally, he focuses on research about the communication that occurs in our dating relationships. He's been on every channel you can imagine, every major show, and now he has uh, lowered himself to the Matt Townsend Show. So, Dr. Haran, thanks for coming. Well, in defense of me, I do have a lot of friends. That's true. That's so true. So that, that, that helps. <laughs> and actually, too. I don't think I lie more than anybody else. No. So. Well, you wouldn't. You know. You know. You now know we're all doing it. So I know, but people you, do think you're shady when you tell them you research and teach deception. I bet, I bet. Nobody wants to know. Yeah, they don't want the truth getting out. It's a weird thing because, again, we've all been taught not to lie, and we, we can even see the, you know, the general consequences of lies. Um, but really, I, I guess if it's normal to lie, there's probably some lies that are much more dangerous than others. Absolutely. And I think we also have to realize there are certain personality structures that are going to be more deceptive than others, like your Machiavellian personality and individuals who do have maybe, you know, borderline personality disorder, other psychological issues that make them become an outlier. So there are over, are overliers, but in everyday interaction, our normal, the normative human, if there is such a thing, uh, statistically though, is going to lie regularly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Are you, are you on your way home? Yep. Where are you? I'm almost, I'm almost there to the car. <laughs> yeah, but you, you don't. You yeah, you just kind of have to. You just half truth it. Um, are there? Now, but part of this is, I guess. Well, it's funny you say you say half truth because my uh, students or friends would say it was a white lie. It was a half yeah. truth. Well, that's lying. You have lied now. Right. So yeah. It, it is what. It is. Well, yeah. White lie, white hat. I guess we're just trying to make it positive. <laughs> but it's but yeah. the deception was there. The intent was there. Um, and then it's interesting, too, if so much of this is done kind of subconsciously, a lot of us can just brush it off to our intent. Well, I didn't intend to deceive. I just didn't want to get yeah, into all the details. There's this sort of myth, if you will, that if it's selfless, so I'm, I'm telling a lie to make you feel better or not hurt your feelings, that's not really a lie. Yeah. When in reality, that's still a lie. Yeah. And the myth of a selfless lie, because there's no such thing as a truly selfless lie. Right. Well, yeah, because you're self-preserving, right? Well, I would say that, uh, you know, you show up on a date, someone is looking terrible that you're dating, and he or she asks, how do I look? And you say, oh, you look good. Yeah, fine. Uh, <laughs> you're saying that, on the one hand, to not hurt their feelings, but why, really, why don't you want to hurt their feelings? Well, you'll feel bad. Yeah. So you're protecting yourself, and yeah. you're avoiding a fight. Yeah, you don't want that uncomfortable moment. You don't, exactly. It's uh, Sometimes lying is easier. Well, in fact, in my own research... With Melanie with Butterfield, we look at why we use affection to lie, why we express affection we don't feel, and we argue that it helps maintain and preserve relationships. Interesting. So, like, uh, you mean like showing affection to somebody you're no longer feeling affection for? Or at that moment, you're not feeling what you're expressing. So we studied it in established romantic relationships, dating relationships. I think the average length they were dating was a year and a half, and they kept a week-long interaction log. And what's interesting is even though you expressed affection you didn't feel at that moment, your true feelings were negative. Hmm. 
So you felt negatively towards your partner. You didn't like what they were doing. You were arguing. There was some sort of negative aspect. But instead of truly expressing that negative aspect, you elected to communicate affection. I call them angry hugs. Interesting. See, maybe that's all we need, though, Sean. I think that's a cool word, I mean, a cool phrase. Maybe we just need more language than chalking everything up to a lie. We need, yeah. there's angry hugs and there's happy hugs. There's, there you go. There's, you know, there's the, I don't want to give all the data. And I don't know. I mean, it's, it's almost like, but I guess that complicates our vocabulary because then we'd need, I don't know, 50 new words. Well, again, when looking at dating relationships, what my research shows with, again, Melanie and Shannon Carton, we know that uh, about three times a week you express affection you don't feel, and about five times a week you withhold affection without feeling affection. So we are being deceptive with our affection. Oh, yeah. I tell my students when I teach this, you know, when you're getting a hug, a kiss, or massage, or holding hands, you don't often think, is this really affection? You just say, oh, that's nice. Yeah. You're like, well, they could be really mad at you. This could be <laughs> covering something up. It's interesting. And then some people are like, well, no, you should never, ever do something you don't feel. Perfect. Show me that person. Exactly. Show me their relationship. Exactly. I guarantee you they're lying. Well, you know, when I do my studies of affection, or I'm sorry, perception, I've done a number of deception studies that I've published, there's always like one or two people or three people who come to me and say, I can't do this because I never lie to my boyfriend or girlfriend. Uh And I just thank them and send them on their way. But that can't be true. Yeah. It's just on the one hand. You're, you're never lying, so you're suppressing every need and want you've ever had, uh-huh. and you'll blow up with them someday, or you really are lying. You just think of it so so morally or so negatively that you can't rationalize that you're lying. Or you have absolute. you're so dead, brain numb, you have no needs, no wants, no expectations, no thoughts. Absolutely. There's one guy. I met him the other day. Messed up. <laughs> Messed up. Some of this, though, really is um, – earlier we did a, a little bit about the fact that our dating is kind of a sales approach, right? We're trying to, we're trying to close the deal. Is that, is that really – it's about impression management. So we're, we're trying to just get more positive impressions out there than negatives. So whatever it takes to oh. keep it positive. Absolutely. Well, I think the thing about dating, I mean, I always joke it'd be fun if we all came with a Carfax, but... Uh, <laughs> that would be so great. She was totaled my, two years ago. <laughs> that is so great. I asked the students to go, what's your first date outfit? And they laugh at me and they go, no, really, what is it? And once you break that down, they'll start saying, oh, this brings out my eyes. That's my best feature. Or I yeah. wear this and this. And that's impression management. Those things that sort of accentuate your features. And if you don't think it is, I ask my students, that, okay, what date? Or hangout time, do sweatpants and glasses appear? Because before that, there was never sweatpants. Right. There was always makeup, yeah, and your contacts always in. I know, and that was just Skyboy with his makeup. And anyway, um, yeah. Do you? It, that is the greatest question. What was your first date outfit? That very question shows how much you're manipulating this. Oh, absolutely. And again, this isn't a bad thing. It's just no. to imagine. No, but we think just think it's so natural. If we think of first date conversation, the worst, this is the most annoying question, but it always gets asked on a date, is what do you like to do for fun? <laughs> and so when I think about, if you think about your day-to-day life, we'll use my own. I'm on the couch, I'm watching TV, and I'm staying in, and I'll go out <laughs> twice a week. Uh, yeah, eating Cheetos. That's fun. 
No, but everyone else is like, oh, I love to travel. I went to Europe once a year ago. I like skydiving. Well, you, sk- you went skydiving a year ago. I like to read. You do for fun. Yeah. There are things you've done. When in reality, you're on the couch watching, <laughs> I don't know, Glee and crying yourself to sleep. <laughs> Hold on. Is that you, Sean? That is not me. I've never seen that episode of Glee in my hey, life. Hey, hey, hey. And I don't. Sean, now's not the time to start lying. <laughs> Shoot no, straight, I'm man. probably watching. I'll admit this. I'm watching the real world. I'm the only adult, actually, the only person alive who watches the real world. So. You're probably the only PhD watching it, except for me. So I watch it so I can talk to my students about it. That's right. But you... then they're not watching it, and they judge me. So See? Not going so How noble. That's a noble lie. Um, you <laughs> you really this, – this is this – is, is there a downside then? I mean, your goal is just to get the data out. Let me get – you want to get the information out that, you know, be real. We're not all not lying. We're all lying. Yes. But I think, you know, there's a metaphor here. I always like to use a good metaphor. Uh, I love cake, but I can't eat cake every meal. Or else I won't love cake anymore and I get sick. Any behavior to the extreme is problematic. So if you're always lying to your partner, you're not having an authentic relationship. Right. And that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Good stuff. We're going to take a break. We're coming back with Dr. Sean Haran. He's teaching us. He's teaching us. Not that it's okay to lie per se, but just that we all do. And uh, maybe if we all accept that we all do, we can start to understand uh, some of the the nuances between the different types of uh, fibs, white lies, untruths, all the softer, kinder ways of saying lie. Liar. We're going to take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, and those just joining us to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about deception. Now, you may feel like you're just so perfect because you never, ever lie in relationships. But according to the research, you do. Little itty-bitty lies that nobody knows. Just subtle little things. Maybe you tell them you'll be there in five minutes when you'll really be there in 12 Hmm, and you know it's 12, you little liar. So is that wrong? Is that bad? All of a sudden, we always make these quick judgments right, wrong. And um, one of the things that we're finding out from our guest today, Dr. Sean Haran, is the idea that um, it just is. Uh, Most of this is, you know, there's reasons for it. And we all seem to still function and still have some pretty good relationships, um, you know, in spite of all of this lying that's going on. So let's get straight to Dr. Haran. He has a doctorate in communications from West Virginia University. He has been writing, like, prolifically. He is identified as the 15th most published scholar in communications, in the field of communication, from 2007 to 2011. He's been interviewed on all the major networks, all the major art uh, journals and and uh, newspaper outlets, as well as the Dr. Matt Show. So, uh, by the way, you can find Dr. Um, Haran on his Twitter page. Actually, go follow him at doc, at the real Dr. Sean S E A N the at the real Dr. Sean. Um, 
check him out there and uh, start following him and, and learning uh, not how to lie better, but just how to understand what's going on. Dr. Haran, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you. Such a generous introduction and such a nice plug. Thank you. You bet. And you're not trying to just teach people to be better liars. You just want people to recognize you're all a bunch of liars. Actually, I think my ultimate, that's part of my ultimate goal in general is for people to realize that relationships are an incredible amount of work. Yeah. And relationship science tells us what that work is. And so despite all the quote-unquote experts we see in the media talking about relationships, so most of them are not experts, I'm here to dispel the myths that we yeah. have bombarded with. I love that. And, and, and I love, too, that you're showing the complexity because I also love that you're showing the resiliency. Our relationships have been going through these lies for years, all of us pretending like we're not doing it, and yet they still survive, and some thrive. Some are still Absolutely. really effective. So there's resiliency there. One thing that I know you talk a lot about and you've researched a lot is, is just the simple tension that takes place in, in how we communicate with each other. And so can well, you get into that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Whenever we're in a relationship, whether it be romantic or platonic, but usually the closer relationships, we feel these two competing forces that we have to negotiate between. And there's a couple of different ones, originally with like Leslie Baxter looking at biological tensions. And for instance, one of them is autonomy versus connection. This notion that regardless of the relationship, I feel a need to be connected. I want to be close to my boyfriend or girlfriend, my husband or wife, my best friend. Mm. But at the same time, I want to maintain this independence and autonomy. So how do we negotiate that? It's interesting. The lie. <laughs> That's where you lie. It's kind of where well, you want also, free, That's where you want freedom, but you also want connection. And some, by the way, at some time want more connection, right? And some want less. And that when you become too needing for connection, I might go for autonomy. It's that tension that's constantly playing. Absolutely. And I think that uh, one of the worst mistakes couples can make, especially newer couples, is spending all their time together. Yeah. You may love your, your partner, but doesn't mean you should see them 24-7. Having your own network is extremely important so that you can help balance that autonomy versus that connection. Missing your partner is good. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Isn't that interesting? And I mean, what about these people that say, oh, I just love to be together, and they both love to be together always? I mean, does that change? Uh, you know, part of this is my own bias. I don't see how that can be. How can you love being with someone 24 7? That right. gets old. And then. I mean, the, the beauty of communication and the beauty of a relationship is you come together and you create shared meaning through your communication. Mm -hmm. And part of that comes from let's come together and let me tell you about my day. Or let me tell you about what's going on. And if all we've done is spent 24-7 together, then I have nothing to tell you about. Yeah. <laughs> that tension, by the way, exists between a mom and her kids, right? Who She has Absolutely. to go to the bathroom and lock the door just to get away from her kids. My mom's listening right now, so I don't know what you're talking about, but in general, I'm sure it does. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it does. It totally does. She called, by the way. She wanted me uh, to work with you. She she could, so uh, Loretta and Jack from Fort Myers, let's rein it in. That's good. Good job, by the way. You, you, you did great with your son. Um, autonomy versus connection. That's kind of one competing force we're trying to balance. What are some others? Uh, another one would be this notion of being open versus being closed. This notion of I want to be honest with you and share information and self-disclose, but at the same time, there are things that I want to keep private. Yeah. And we have to challenge this notion that everyone needs to know everything about us, even our closest friends. There are things people never need to know about you, and that's okay. And you'll see fights. I mean, I hear in my own family, 
Um, I've even just seen an argument recently about how open my wife is. We have a son uh, serving abroad in actually in Mexico, a mission for the LDS Church, and my wife's very open, telling all of his stories. And my daughter's like, nope, nope, too open. Don't tell all those stories. People don't need to know everything. It's so that very battle is just that tension of, and, and I guess it's very personal, isn't it? Absolutely. I think uh, there's just unfortunately we've all had let's say traumas in our lives for a lot of us, and we have things we're not proud of. We have skeletons in our closet. We have embarrassing moments. We don't need to relive those things if they are going to be close to someone. We can negate those things. Sure. That's great. Uh, the only caveat that I challenge my students about is uh, if you're choosing to engage in a physical relationship with someone, then you must be honest about your sexual histories. Hmm. Prior yeah. To that. No, yeah. I mean, that's a safety issue, right? Yeah. It's. I mean, that. this is where it gets really interesting. I mean, some people, it seems like, and, you, you know, the, the stereotype's kind of always the male-female model where whoever's open is always kind of pushing to talk and whoever's closed is kind of always running away the the pursuer or the withdrawer tendency whatever the gender however well, it ro- becomes, yeah it becomes a pattern the demand withdraw pattern is a cycle in relationships and it's it's desired from a motivation for change in your partner but it is ultimately a pattern and so how do we disrupt that cycle and become aware of it because both parties leave like nothing is resolved, mostly frustrated. Right. And even when we see demand withdrawal patterns between parents and adolescents, yeah. those adolescents are more likely to engage in substance abuse. Oh, really? In their teen years, yeah. This comes, uh, John Coughlin at U of I does this work. It's fascinating. So is that what you call the expression versus non-expression? That pattern? Uh, no, this is actually, this is, I actually, I jumped away from tension. But that's just, uh, that's just... A, a, a conflict pattern called demand withdrawal. Yeah, demand withdrawal. Education and psychology, and that so, when kids see that in their parents, they're actually they end up growing up being more likely to engage in in some undesirable in their teen years. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So I mean, you know, that, it really comes down to it. Really, all is your parents' fault. Oh, well, know. you know, uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, and your parents are listening. Yes. Wow. Uh, they will call me as soon as this is over yep. and yell at me. Well. You know what, though, Sean, this might be a great breakthrough for you. Maybe so. <laughs> so autonomy versus connection, being alone versus together, that creates a tension. Openness yes. versus closeness in the relationship, that creates some tension. What's the expression, tension? Well, it's not necessarily that these create tension. The word tension really means there are two competing forces that we have to negotiate. So yeah. the tension then becomes internal. Right, exactly. Because you've heard people say, I feel smothered, or I want to be me again, these sort of cliches of why relationships take breaks. Well, yeah, you need to walk away. You can't be with someone 24-7. That's terrible. Mm. Even if you love them, that's terrible. And I think I would venture, I guess, my parents, not to bring back to them for the 20th time, but they're celebrating their 40th anniversary next year. And I think they would tell you that one of the keys to a successful marriage is being apart. No, I, I, I really like that. And your ability to actually do that. There's some people that can't do that. And, and there's some people that actually think, well, that's not right. I mean, we're together for a reason. <laughs> Let's be together. Well, it's and, interesting because people have these sort of pre, preconceived notions of what's right and what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Because we've had relationships and been communicating since our earliest memories. And because we've done it our entire lives, we all think we're experts at it. When in reality, I think everyone should be taking communication and psychology courses. Right. Relationships will be our greatest source of, of pleasure and pain and frustration and happiness, but we never address the science. 
We ne- we just think we're good at it because we've done it our whole lives. Right. No, that's that that and I sat there. That was my whole career. My whole desire is after getting degrees and advanced degrees in this, I know how little people know. And yet the researchers have the knowledge, but they're not always the best communicators. That's kind of where you come in, Sean, in a weird way. And this is your parents' fault, I'm sure, too. You're very good at verbalizing and getting this stuff out. But people need to know that there's a lot of just inherent tension in making a relationship work. It doesn't necessarily make it right or wrong. It doesn't even make it your soulmate or not. It just makes it what it is. Absolutely. And I think part of this sort of controversy stems from higher education and the ivory tower, if you will, frowns on people who, who go into the media. Right. And there is that sort of draw, sort of that, that cliche, if you will, which has really left a mass market for people who aren't true relationship experts. I mean, expert means you're an expert in a research area. Right. Who aren't true relationship experts to call themselves experts and write books. If you walk into Barnes & Noble and read self-help and relationship yeah. shelves, you're not going to really see anyone with a doctorate writing anything, which is our own fault. Yeah. But in reality, what it's done is tarnish the quality of advice that we see on TV and in the media. We're just reinforcing stereotypes. Right. And well, it's not in- working. Look at our divorce rates. We're not doing, some- we're not doing things right here. Well, and everyone's so, I mean, to make it work in a kind of an academic world, you also have to dig a a hole that's two foot wide, 500 feet deep, and then all you've got are, you know, a thousand holes, but none of them ever connect. To all of a sudden start connecting some of these fields together, like, you know, positive psychology or human development with communication theories would be brilliant. Absolutely. And sometimes you don't see that. No. Um, tell me more about uh, some of the other tensions, the dialectical tensions. Uh, expression. I mean, yeah, of uh, openness versus closeness, expression versus non-expression, this need to be expressive and say what's truly on my mind, but or hold it back. Yeah. How do we bring up those things? There's really a, a variety of tensions, but I think what you take from that is it's okay to love your partner and feel like you want to be away from them. Or it's okay to want to not be honest. These are okay feelings. Often we feel a guilt yeah. that stems from, you know, I really love my boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, or wife, but I don't want to hang out with them tonight. <laughs> Give me a break. Yeah. And that's okay. And I think on, if you're on the receiving end of that, let's say that your relational partner calls, or is like, you know what, I'm going to go out with drinks with my friends from work. And if they don't invite you, that's okay. Yeah. Like, let them have their space. They're not going to leave. You know, if they're doing it five nights a week, that's a warning sign. Isn't but if that, it's, you know, one night, that's okay. Yeah. And and, and how do you do that? I mean, because we take offense so quickly. Like, you guys were out and you didn't invite me? Like, Sky, the, my board op here, we did, you know, he didn't come to dinner with us last year because we had it when he was out of town. We actually planned it when he was out of town. And uh, um, That's a good plan. When he's so offended by it. But I'm like, let it go, man. Let it go. We We fed you last night, so... Well, I think one of the best ways to navigate these tensions is it comes down to equity and needs. So a really great question to ask a relational partner is, what do you need more of from me and what do you need less of from me? And that's going to open up a nice dialogue. Yeah, unless you get offended. Yeah, you, listen, if you're going to ask those questions, you have to get ready for that conversation. Yep. And we have to learn how to talk to our partners. In fact, if we look at the research on just basic skills training, couples who and go to skills training before they get married – are more often are more satisfied and are more likely to stay together over the years. Right. No, that's huge. 
I mean, it's you funny. You don't go to therapy because there's a problem. You go before there's a problem. Right. To prevent the problem. Well, and a lot of therapy doesn't even end up teaching a skill as much as they just you just go sit with someone that's skilled. It might be better Absolutely. sometimes that we turn these skills over to the people that are going to be using in the rest of their marriage. Absolutely. And I think part of the, not the issue with therapy, but yeah, I guess the issue with therapy from a couple standpoint is most couples wait seven years until after yep. something's a problem to go to therapy. That's well, right. what are you doing now? Yeah. Right. Seven years later, this is a mess. Right. Yeah, you're already in deep, and there's already this history, and yeah, and you've already used the word liar. Liar! Or the D word, divorce. Hey, yeah. that's a scary word to bring up. Once that becomes a reality, you better run to a counselor or a therapist. That's true, isn't it? I mean, once it's out there, and then, well then, you know, but hey, I just, you know, I only said it because of this, and then we start our little dance. That's why I always say it's not what you fight about, it's how you fight. And all of John Gottman's work supports that in the four horsemen of divorce. Yeah. You can watch someone fight for 30 seconds and predict with 90% accuracy whether they'll get divorced. Yeah. So I wrote about that. I read for psychology today. So if they Google adventures in dating, it'll pop up and they can read some of the stuff. You know what? You're, you're, you're in trouble. You're a renegade. Why? Sean, you're a renegade. Sure, you're an academic, but they don't know. That you're out there trying to talk to the general populace, you're gonna. Uh, you know, I, when they find that out, I, they're gonna crush you. I come from my grandparents have a fourth year education and they're immigrants, and my family grew up dirt poor in New York City, and they're the smartest people I've ever met. Yeah, but they've never access to higher education, and so I think of, I think that knowledge should be shared. I, I think agree. it should be out. I think with a PhD, you have a responsibility to share that knowledge. You know what? I've got. To, I'm going to send you. I'm going to tweet you. And I want you to, do you know more people that are like you, that are willing to share like uh, you? Couple, you know what? And I'm, this is going to get me in trouble. So okay. how do I phrase this? Well, I'm here I for think you. it's hard to find people who are active researchers who are also in the media. And right. so a great role model is a woman named Dr. Terry Orbach, and she has a PBS special coming up. But she's the love doctor. If you Google or, or look up the love doctor on Twitter, she's actually on the longest federally funded study of marriage ever. So wow. she's been studying marriage for years and years, and she's written books called The Relationship Cure and all these things. And this is where you want to be. You want yeah. to be reading Terry Orbach. She's, John by the Gottman. way, you know what? She's on in two weeks. Is she really? Yeah. Boom. Well, tell, tell her I said hi. I will for sure. Well, I'm going to make that probably, that's probably going to be the commercial. You just made the commercial, Sean. West Virginia okay. is going to love you. Your university is going to love you. Well, well Terry Orbach's pretty special. No, and I, I totally agree. That is really the purpose of this show. I want to get the real, those in the know and those with the tools, those with the real data, I want it out there. And I'd love it to be more academic. It's just trying to shake the academic tree is sometimes a nightmare. They are, there's a lot of academics who resist the media for yeah. fear of being misquoted or different things. And right. I've been misquoted before and it happens. You just kind of walk it off. And then I think it's academics, even though we're educators, by nature, we're professors. We struggle with how to phrase things. Yeah. And so how do I make this really obscure data very palatable and approachable in a, in a soundbite? Well, you just and did that's it. that's something you got to learn. Yeah. And nobody died. Yeah. And here we are. We're okay. Well, yet. I mean, when you go home and everyone's after you because you think, you know, you're out there telling everyone's a liar, you're going to be in trouble. There you go. Dr. Sean Haran, so appreciate you. Uh, everybody, go check out his, uh, go follow him on Twitter at The Real Dr. Sean, S E A N, The Real Dr. Sean. And uh, we're going to have him back on because he speaks the truth and gives us some great tools and insights. You know, it's not always 
it's it's not about necessarily good or bad. It's just kind of what is happening. We tend to deceive and uh, opening up some conversations. Just simply the, the question that he asked earlier, what do you need more from me? What do you not need more of in our relationship? What a great way to start. Dr. Sean Haran, thanks again. We're going to take a break and uh, come back. We're going to keep talking about deception and maybe some of the things that uh, we think are impressive maybe aren't really cutting it. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, you liars. <laughs> Just kidding. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We are talking deception today. Apparently, we all are deceptive. We all lie. And I try to, I mean, I'll even say a little bit. No, we lie a lot. And you earlier, Skyboy, you laid down this, I never lied in my life, which Dr. Haran came on and said, anybody that says that. I never said that, actually. I oh, said I've never I deceived you, but I, I am lying there. I was It was kind of a, a joke lie. I wasn't being serious. Oh, really? Yeah. W- wouldn't a joke lie be a funny lie? It was a sarcastic lie. Huh. I guess not a joke lie. Well, it's not working. Okay. I lie a lot. Is that better? <sighs> That's good. Okay. It's all about impression management. That's what we're learning. Hey, and look who's back. Merit. I'm back. How are you, Merit? Too. I'm doing great. Merit is back. Um, you, I don't know if you know this. I mean, I know you do. Bryce is away uh, receiving an award. Yes, he is. It's a Grammy. It, no, it's. I think you have it. It's an it's, Emmy. It's a, a UB. It's an Oscar. A, it's a what? It's a what B? It's a UB. Utah Broadcasters something. We've decided something. excitedly excellent award. Great. And he's won. I think he won twelve of them. Twelve. <laughs> We don't Good know. <laughs> is he going to text us? We need to know. If you know what, I'll text him and we'll find out. Did you know? By the way, I wrote his speech, his acceptance speech. <laughs> you did. How yeah. did that go? It was just a lot about me. Oh, I see. That's I funny since the piece that he went on didn't include you. It wasn't about me, but it was from our show, which makes us an award-winning show. There we go. Bing. Just trying to get you working, Sky. <laughs> I'll do the bings myself. Okay, so we are now going to get into some of the things that we try to do to kind of manage our image, but that don't work. Yeah. Like what? I mean, it seems okay, like... Here's a good example. Yeah. Girls wearing heels. Yeah. So girls, whoever, when I ever talk to girls, they all want to wear heels. Not all of them. That's an overgeneralization. Yeah, yeah. Girls want to wear heels because they think they're going to look good and therefore impress people more right. often. But then whenever I talk to guys about that, they're like, why would you do that to yourself? Those are weird looking. You walk like a duck. You're too tall now. Do you know what's more awkward than girls wearing heels? Guys wearing heels? Sky boy. (laughs) (laughs) Wearing heels. Yeah. But the irony is you're saying guys don't even like heels. No. So so girls are trying to impress them, but they're doing so completely ineffective. And they look painful. Yeah. Yeah. But see, here's another one. Guys wearing like muscle shirts, like tank tops. Like Skye's? Yeah. Looks it's good, just right? not, it's not, no. Well, don't you think if you have a muscle shirt, and this is a good lesson for some of us to learn in here. Um, if you have a muscle shirt, you ought to have a muscle. I've got it's one. It's true. <laughs> I've got one right there. He yeah, only one. has one. Just <laughs> one is the option. <laughs> I've got the one. <laughs> That's the problem. I agree. Muscle shirts don't work. No. And those white t-shirt yeah, kind of, yeah, the that, wife, that, the wife no, beater look not it's good. not okay. Yeah, that's just wrong. Yeah. So. How about, um, how about these low rider pants? 
Yeah, that just doesn't do it either. You know what? Seriously. Really, though. That's where I learned. um, I didn't know the term muffin top (laughs) until I went to a park, a local park, uh, a local amusement park. Mm -hmm. And people were wearing these lowrider jeans. But they still needed a little support around the waist. Yeah, most people do. What about uh, polo... Coat vest is that what? Like, we what call? if you have a coat vest? A coat vest that polo. is that says polo. It doesn't that, say it. It, it doesn't just, say polo. It's more subtle. It says I'm trying too hard. <laughs> well, that was my intent, <laughs> so we nailed it. So there you go. <laughs> so if that was my goal, that's a good one. Okay, that's sad. Yeah, I guess I'm so, taking it back. So basically, we do stupid things yeah. to try and impress people. Sure. And funny thing, I have this story that I can tell you where I did a stupid thing to impress somebody that also included a lie. So. So you were, th- you were, you were doing two of the things we've talked I was about: doing lying two of the things. and trying to impress. And, yes, and trying to impress. Wow. Did it work, by the way? Um, no. Okay. No, it was kind of an epic fail. What was it that you did? Well, I was in my first semester of college, and it was at the end of the semester, and I went into the bank. And if you work in a college town and you go to a bank, that means that. Ninety-nine percent of the time, the bank tellers will be attractive people. Yes, well, young little bucks, yes, little cute, exactly, cutie patooties. So I walked in there, and it was this really attractive guy, and I'm just sitting there going, like, in, was he all... in a muscle tee? No, okay. he was in a suit and tie, which okay. works a lot better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, so I was just talking to him, and I he was talking a lot, and I was like, wow, this is really fun. Romantic. Guys talking to me. Yeah, it was finals week. Were you week. in heels? No sleep, no, sadly. Okay. I think I was in sweats, so sweats. that just well, that's part you of know, went downhill. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so he was just talking a lot, asked me about finals, and then asked where I was from. Whoa. And this has always been a hard thing for Moving me fast. because I'm from a yeah. little town in Idaho that yeah. just isn't super impressive. So you said Paris. So I said California. It just seemed, first thing out of my mouth, seemed way <laughs> cooler. Really? Yeah. Do you know what? Bank tellers can access all of your information. You know, liar. Like, <laughs> did the lie alert come up? No, he gave me the most hilarious look and asked me a few follow up questions that made it apparent that he knew that I had lied to him. And I probably looked like I could spit venom and I walked out yeah. of this thing after. Well, I got you my, shuffled out but, in your sweats. <laughs> in my sweats and, <laughs> and your heels. And boots, yeah. <laughs> oh, that is. See, don't ever, don't ever lie to a yeah. teller. So there you go. Don't lie to make tellers, even if they're cute. Yeah. That's a great rule. What I want to know is if he knew where you were from, why ask? Exactly. That's the annoying part. Yeah. I know you never know the answers, and I ask you questions. Well, because, see, it's it's just something to say. It's not actually like you want to know. It's like, like let's fill space. In a place like this. It's like that. It's just casual (laughs) talk. Exactly. Where are you from? Where are you from, pal? Like that. Okay. What's up? What's happening with you? I really don't want to know. What it do? No, that's not it. Well, I'm sorry that didn't work for you. You know, it's fine. Things have moved on. But I Are thought I'd share. If you're I still available, we could throw out your number. You know, if anybody's we interested, can wait. <laughs> Merritt Meekum, straight from California. 1 855 chat BYU. Give us a call. Or if he's listening. Or if he's listening. If you're that teller that entrapped our poor executive producer, don't do it again. <laughs> She's been crushed. We're going to take a break. And uh, we're going to come back with more ideas, more tools to help you, uh, you, you know, get through life. Not, you know, you don't have to lie. You don't have to deceive. How to understand each other better. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio.
Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. We, uh, we've been talking about deception, a little bit of lies here and there. It's funny because, um, you know, we go through life telling people never to lie, and then the research comes out and tells us that we're all a bunch of liars. Which, and even the subtlety of the lie, right? Like, Sky, were you just eating something? Because I didn't get a cookie. Were you just eating a cookie? Uh-uh. Nope. Yeah. See, that's a lie. <laughs> and we know it's a lie because no one would eat a cookie in the studio. So that would make it not a lie. Because you said we know it's a lie if, because no one eats a cookie in the studio. And I said I wasn't eating a cookie in the studio. What? <laughs> See, sometimes I just don't listen to him anymore because he just keeps talking as if he can get out of the lie that I just caught him in and pegged him to the wall. I'm so glad Julie's here. Julie Nelson's joining us, wife, mother of five children, author of Parenting with Spiritual Power. Heaven knows we need that. By the way, notice <laughs> good, I said, good one, heaven good one. knows we need that. Received a master's degree in marriage and family and human development. She teaches classes as applied such as applied parenting, marriage, and relationship skills at the Utah Valley University. She's been featured in a bunch of uh, big journals, Wall Street Journal, for example, parents.com, ksl.com. You can find her at nelsonjuliek.com. Julie, we've got to get you a new web URL. Well, you know, people go up and they, they look at the K, like it says K-A-Y, and it's just yeah. the letter K. Yeah. it's Well, yeah. it's like Juliet. <laughs> so it's just... Nelson Julie letter K dot com. Mm, that's right. But not letter. Don't spell letter. No. Just Nelson Julie. That'll K. get you nowhere. Easier put, just go to Nelsonjuliek dot com. And uh, that'll be a lot easier to find. So, Julie, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. It's nice to be back. We've been talking about liars and yeah. the liars that raised them. That's why you brought me here. Yes. Because I'm the big fat liar. You're not big nor fat, but you do lie. But see, you just did. No, mm-hmm. no. See, we're always so sure kind you of brought polite. cookies, <laughs> but whatever. Now, you, see, that's what we talked about today on the mm-hmm. show is mm-hmm. here's the dilemma. We tell our kids, you got to be yourself. Mm-hmm. You got to be you. And then we usually point right to their heart because inside of you, as we point, is something special. <laughs> and then when they go off pulling that special thing out and being all them, we shut them down. Like, do not mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. So they're getting this mixed message, yeah, yeah. right? Because we all have to work within societal restraints, don't we? Well, yeah, but... That all want us to be like, think alike and act alike and, you know... Yeah. So we got it. We, we, it's tough to walk that line of being independent. We talked last time I was here about different temperaments right. of children. We want to bring out... There's not a negative or a positive in temperaments of each right. one of us. It's just... It's, it's just, just who we are. It's you. Yeah, it's you. Yeah. But then within that, we have to say, you know, that's really cool that you're so uh, colorful, that you love to, you know, express yourself that way. However... You know, when you yell at me, that just doesn't get us anywhere. Yeah. And we just got to bring that down a notch, you know, so that we can <laughs> see that's the mm-hmm. we uh, Dr. Haran earlier was talking about the fact that some like, for example, it, there's these tensions that appear that are resulting from different kind of forces that compete, like the need for autonomy mm-hmm. and the need for connection. So as parents, we're trying to get these kids to be free and independent but then they go be free and independent, and we need – so we, we want them – we don't want to have to control them, but we control them, and that creates a tension. Yeah. How do you start to balance that? 
Well, and as they, you know, I think it's kind of like a, if you think about a, a bell-shaped curve, uh, when they're about two, they want that autonomy. Yeah. That is one of the primary uh, goals of a two and three-year-olds. And I can do it, me do it. Now, that's where you've got to have to balance it because you want them to assert themselves or else they'd never learn how to go out into that world and go to kindergarten and be okay right. or tie their own shoe or fight their own battles. So at two, you've got to kind of let them within reason do those things. But at the same time, I've got to keep you safe and I've got to guide you along. And then another bell-shaped curve would be around the time about you know, 14, 15, 16. They're going to go out there. They're going to start driving. Yeah. You want to get them ready for, to make those decisions. And then eventually about 18, they're going to leave your house. If and you're lucky. Gonna, if you're lucky. And you want them to kind of... And you start to see in human development around 15, 16, kids get a little bit more... Um, Mouthy again, that two-year-old, I can do it, leave me alone. And they're trying to cut those apron strings because yeah. strings because they want to make it so miserable to be with them <laughs> that you were excited when they go. Yeah, you want to boot yeah, them out. Yeah, they've, they didn't study any human development books, but they know that they have to make your life miserable and don't tell me what to do anymore because they want you to be glad when they're gone right. and to do, be able to do it themselves. Right. Yeah. Um, tell me, because the parenting is a side you're a pro in, but – we talked earlier about lying in our relationships, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of it going on. And none of it's like – it's subtle. I mean it really isn't – there's lies and there's lies, and there's the big lies that – you know, the yeah, infidelity. You yeah, you can. You gotta, and, and the big lies of kids too. You can't yeah. let, let go. But um, you're carrying a book around how to avoid falling in love with a jerk. Yeah. This is – I teach a couple of uh, – yeah, my marriage class, we teach them a couple of books. Have you seen this one? Yeah, Matt? I have, yeah. Yeah, it's great by John and Ben Epp. I read it. Yeah. When I started working with Sky. <laughs> so I recommend it to all your listeners how to avoid falling in love with a jerk. I, I picked it up just because I, you know, we do have a certain amount of restraint. Yeah. And you put on your best face forward in relationships, especially when you're dating. And yes, I do agree with all of that. But there comes a point where you want to know who you're really committing to. Yeah. And you have to know them well. And he has this this type, this model that you go through in the book. And it's knowing your person well enough that you can move on to the next levels of intimacy. And he talks about the relational and the situational. And you have to be able to watch the pattern in your partner, in your, your you know, I guess it would be your boyfriend or girlfriend or, uh, you know, your fiance and see, does it all fit together? In your relational, he could treat you really well and put mm-hmm. that good face forward and, you know, say, oh, what a great person he is. And you get that, you know, impression yeah. over his, the way he treats you. But in the restaurant, he snaps at the waitress. He undertips. He's a cheapskate. Yeah. He doesn't treat his mom well. And those are the those are the situational that you got to watch right. for that tells you what you will expect and hope you'll probably expect hope to expect in your long term relationship. You have to see the whole picture, mm-hmm. don't you? Mm-hmm. And it's hard because then you're all kind of jazzed up with chemistry, mm-hmm. and your mom's sitting there saying, "Oh, I don't trust the kid." Do and you're like, "What are you him. talking about, mom? He's great because yeah. love is blind." You know, totally. Yeah, and she's not drinking the potion, right? <laughs> she's like, whatever. But it's a it's a really big deal, and what you're it seems like what we keep hitting on is there's this nuance, right? There's it's not just always black and white. Some of it is just subtle, but it's there. It's mm-hmm. always there. Mm-hmm. You can tell, mm-hmm. you can tell who you can trust, and it actually is interesting because even with the research showing that most of us are lying, all of us are lying, kind of regularly with each other. 
we're all okay with that still. It's kind of the bigger things that start to scare us. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're okay with people probably just trying to position themselves well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's But it's more like, wow, what a discrepancy. You well, yell at someone and the... There's a difference. You know, I want to position myself well and I want to promote myself to do good in this world. Yeah. But then there's a, I want to undermine and undercut you, yeah. you know, and I'll lie to do whatever I can to hurt you. And I do this, you know, with parenting. Let's bring back to parenting with my, with my children, with siblings. You know, they can say a lot of true things to each other that are hurtful. Oh, yeah. And so instead of, you know, saying, well, lie instead, I'll say, you know what? It's the thumper rule, you know, <laughs> but I'll, but I'll, I'll the say, thumper. you know. Here, here, here is the, the litmus test when you want to say something. Is it to self-promote? You know, is it to me look better than you? Um, and is this going to be constructive or destructive? Yeah. And so just kind of shut your trap and think of something better to say, even though it might be a lie or whatever you want to say. Yeah, yeah that does look really great on you, right. you know, or whatever, or just not say anything just because it's just not going to be helpful. Right. It's, it's not, not helpful. adding to the situation. No, no. And it's because a lot of times, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, that we think, um, you know, being quiet and not talking, mm -hmm. we think sometimes that lack of openness is such a problem too. It's like you're not being you. You're not being real. Mm -hmm. But to you, there's another thing to balance, which is compassion. How about just wisdom? Mm -hmm. Is this the wise thing to say here? Does this really matter? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's funny how much of our uh, – we have a lot of guilt, don't we? Because it's, it's so complicated. Parents, it's hard to know what to do. Most of us aren't skilled, right? And no, it's all – it's pretty much just knee-jerk reaction with a lot of the stuff yeah. we do. And then it just seems like, you know, enough knee jerk, then all you are is a knee jerk, <laughs> right? You're just a, a jerk. jerk. Uh, so because the knees will eventually go out and then you're just left being a jerk. Um, it's pretty powerful. I think when you when you think about if you're going to have a car, you're going to go learn to drive. If you're going to buy a really nice, you know, whatever computer, you're going to probably read the manual or figure stuff out. But as parents, we don't think about it. That's really what you do for a living is yeah. – classes and I give them the tools so they feel like I actually think I can do this with a lot of luck yeah and courage I I, I do a quote by Bill Crosby Crosby at the beginning I say you know he just said that parenthood is just an uh, uncharted territory it's just dark it's a dark wilderness you have to have a lot of luck and courage yeah. and a lot of love and you know you can read a lot of books and and f have more confidence in what you do but it is a lot of luck and love and just plain old backbone yeah you know to stand up for what's right and you know that's not you know you just say to the child that's not appropriate you know even though it may be tough on you because they're gonna hate you oh yeah uh -huh. yeah that you'll pay yeah but it's also it it seems like we kind of make it um in a way seems so permanent like our decision today is such a huge deal mm -hmm. But really, it's like a canvas, and they'll just paint over it. Yeah, and you can say, you know what? I really messed up yesterday. Mm -hmm. You know, I should not have made that decision. I shouldn't have grounded you for the next three years. Yeah. I can't carry that out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not driving you everywhere for the next three years. <laughs> besides, so, you know, I overreacted, Tommy. Yeah. So, you know what? I need to make my decisions when I'm a little bit more rational, and I wasn't. So, please forgive me. I'm starting over today. I'm going to try to do better. Maybe that's a really big deception we ought to face is – Getting our kids to believe – like we try to get them to believe that we are the all-knowing yeah. and we never make a mistake. Yeah. So we have to say face so we never say we're sorry. Yeah. 
And that's the big lie. That's a huge lie. Because then they go out in the world and realize you were not perfect and you're not、mm-hmm. on a pedestal.、Anymore. They're going to find out. Everyone yeah, knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You all remember when you found out、yeah. your parents were human. And that was a big lie. Yeah. And you set, them, you set yourself up for that. Yeah. You got to be human so they can go out and see that people are real、mm-hmm. and they can make mistakes and they can make their own mistakes、yeah. and not knock themselves down you know, as well.、Um, so it's a really healthy thing to not set that lie up. But you have to be, that takes a ton of maturity to like. Yeah, but I, I too, I guess it, once you've done it five times and it just is obvious that dad's blown it again. <laughs> and we just say, you know, dad blew it again, but、yeah. you know, dad loves you and I'm trying. Yeah. And yeah. Is there a point where they, you know, you got to really pull through once, dad? <laughs> you do. You got to get a result. Yeah,、works. you do. You know, baby steps. You know, you、mm-hmm. got to work on it and、um, do whatever it takes. You know, it may be that you lose your temper easily and you, you know, and you're like, I'm not going to lose my temper. And then you lose your temper again. You're like, hey, kids, you know, you got to help me. What are we going to do about this? Because I just, in the moment,、yeah. cannot control my temper. What are we going to do? Give me a signal. Throw a shoe at me. You know, whatever、oh, it is. Oh, boy, here we、put、go. Put <laughs> ice down my back. Put ice,、yeah. whatever, you know, make, take a joke. Do, you know, something where. It, It helps me because I can't do it on my own. Yeah. And in fact, enrolling them to help you a little、mm-hmm. bit.、Mm-hmm. What about you don't like the idea of just like totally going so overboard that you freak out so much that they're traumatized so they'll never do it again? That's, <laughs> you know, not, that's, not, that's you know, not in your book. <laughs> You know,、oh, yeah. I, I I really stay away from those conversations because I have parents that go, you know, what if I have a child who just bites and bites and bites and ev- I do everything, you bite, and then I bite them, bit them back, and then they never bit again. Oh yeah, that's that's <laughs> weird though. Yeah, you don't want to do that. So I just say, hands off on that one. I just I don't even touch those ones. I don't bite them. I just have one of the kids bite them. Hey, bite your brother. <laughs> dog. Dad is so have mad. The dog, at him. <laughs> have the dog bite him. But yeah, that's bad parenting. Let's just get that clear. Right. That's right. So that was a joke. That those those ideas are not accepted by BYU Broadcasting. <laughs> those were from Sky. Well, I want to read out of this jerk book.、Uh, can we do this, Matt? Because this is a great. Are you、thing. trying to say something though? I, do you feel I, like someone in this room is a jerk? No, nobody at all. But、okay. There might be a Why listener. Why did you just look at Sky? By the way, there might be a listener out there. Okay. So here's the thing. You know, we do have this certain veneer of putting our best foot forward, and even in relationships, when we're married, we want to be the best person we can, and that's why we have the funny joke of, you know, you yell, yell, yell at your kids, and then you pick up the phone. Hi, how are you? Yeah. You know, that's that's the the fake person that we you know are lying to. I was just yelling at my kids two seconds ago, but I'm fine for、yeah. you on the phone.、Yeah. Why did you raise your voice? I don't know. That's what my mom did, I guess. See, I raise my voice because my voice is naturally that high. I have to deepen it for the show. <laughs> It's just better that way.、Okay. You should show her again. You did it earlier. No, no, I, I missed it. Lose, I don't want to lose face. I missed it. Okay. So here's the thing for all of you out there who are worried about: Am I going to marry someone who later on I say, "Hey, you tricked me into thinking you were someone you're not," and now I was deceived and I'm not in love with you, and already we're married. Right you know? with three kids. Yeah, right,、yeah. right. So there's 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 certain acceptable lies, you know, not telling everything that's on your mind because that might be destructive to、yeah. your relationship. Things like that are okay, you know,、um, and private things you just want to keep to yourself. But if you want to know that, you know, the situation and relational thing again, we were talking about.、Um, here's just a little formula that I really like from this jerk book. And <laughs> <laughs> the book is actually how to not marry. How to, not, how to how avoid, avoid falling in love with a jerk? Yeah, just I just didn't want somebody to think that you thought the book was a jerk. I, I paraphrase. I call it the jerk book in my okay, class. That's cute. So yeah, he just talks about the three month rule because to have intimacy, to really know someone well, there's three T's. I equals T T T stands for togetherness, time, and talk. I 
meaning intimacy. Intimacy equals, equals togetherness. T plus T plus T. Time. Yeah. And talk. T- talk. So I, I just add one more. What's that? Touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say four T's. And I think tortillas works really well too. Well, man, if you're going to throw T's in there. <laughs> because then you can throw a tortilla at, yeah. your, at your spouse if you're really mad at them. If you want five, muscle T. You need a muscle T. <laughs> so sky, sky so there we find what are, that we take away the veneer of the things that may have tripped us up eventually. Yeah. And the first, the talk, you got to get to know and have those deep conversations. Togetherness, you got to spend time together over a variety of, of time, of, of circumstances. You got to take them out in the wilderness and see what they're like with <laughs> camping. Yeah. My, parent, my mom calls it the parent trap test. Yeah. You got to see them under stress when they're painting a house. When Throw they're, a snake in their tent. Right, right. Yeah. You know, order food with the waitress. Take, you know, yep. try them out and you show who you really are and see if that togetherness will really manifest the person that you know them to be. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the time. It takes time. And he says it's the three-month rule. You have to have the time to, he says, without time, you can't establish patterns. And he's seen in his practice that you got to have those deep-seated patterns come become evident, and they don't. You can pretend and right. lie for about three months, yeah. and then after that, they start showing yeah. who they really are. Well, the big one, this, this is how you kind of get the big lies out. Some of the little ones, we just kind of overlook. I mean, literally, I think most of us don't even know. Like, I probably don't know what my wife would lie about. Like, I really don't know. And I, I don't even think she's that good of a liar, probably. But... Maybe I'm just that bad. But it's just so subtle, and it just doesn't matter. Some of that other stuff, just, but the big ones, mm-hmm. they're going to come out. Yeah. They're yeah. going to come out. Yeah. Man, I like that. That's uh, So intimacy equals time, talk, together, touch, to get, to, tortillas, and uh, muscle tees. That's right. We added the last two. <laughs> We're going to take a break. Uh, we are talking with Julie Nelson, but we have some incredibly good news that just came in from the Academy Awards where Bryce Tobin is receiving an award today. Uh, actually, it might not be the Academy. I think it's an Emmy. Oscar. Oscar Award. Merritt's going to come in here MTV. and straighten it out. But great news. This just in. I'm not going to give it till after the break. Come back. Find out what award Bryce Lamar Tobin got. And again, has made the Matt Townsend Show an award winning. Welcome back, everybody. Little game we call what, Merritt? What are we calling this game? We're going to call it Have You Told This Lie? Have You Told This Lie? I'm going to give you a lie. This is brand new news. This just in from the Academy of Utah Broadcasting Excellent in Emmyville Awards, where Bryce Tobin, Bryce, the Bryce Tobin, the man, the ranter, we call him, the rant. He just won an award. Are you ready, ladies and gentlemen? Do you have a drum roll? Of course you don't. Yep, that's not it. <laughs> high, um, t- high tech. Here we roll. go. The award that Bryce won was the Gold Award in Feature Story or Program. Hey. Can I have a ding-a-ling? Bryce Alexander Tobin, bat, <laughs> won the award. That's pretty big. So officially, we are award-winning. We are the award-winning Matt Townsend show. Mm-hmm. See, the bell <laughs> concurs. Whenever you hear the bell, you know you're getting truth. Or a fairy's getting its wings. Or a fairy's getting its wings. Oh no, it's an angel. Or Sorry. an angel. Sorry, fairy <laughs> angel. Yeah. Okay. So congratulations to Bryce mm-hmm. Alexander Tobin. Mm-hmm. We call him Batman. 
We're going to give you a little clap. <laughs> that is so cool. That is really cool. I, you know what? And I remember him when he couldn't even talk. <laughs> That's a good thing. Merritt, what's game? Let's play the game. Okay, this game. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to toss out a common line that either men or women t- tell. Okay. Do I represent all women in the world? You represent all okay. women in the world. All right. Julie represent Nelson representing all the ladies. The I'll represent all men. And if you told men. that lie, then you get negative one point. If I've personally told that lie? Yeah. Then you get Man. a point. The person with the least amount of points wins. Okay. This is going to be easy because I never I hope lie. my husband's not listening okay, to this program. Yeah. Matt? He is. First he, one? Yeah. Yeah, I cleaned up the kitchen already. Hold on. Am I on the phone? <laughs> I want to clarify because <laughs> if she's not in the house, <laughs> I've told that lie every day. If she was home, I would never tell a lie. So where is she? On the phone. Liar. I'm a liar. <laughs> I tell it all the time. Sad. Sad. Ugh. Okay, here's another one. This one's for Juliet's. I do love sports. <laughs> yes, I've told that lie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have you ever played polo? No, but I've watched it. I'm in the U.S. Polo Association. Oh, yeah. I can believe that. I bought a coat. Okay, here's one for on both it. of you. Yeah. It's, I like all of your friends. Yep. Liar, uh, liar, pants on fire. Yeah. I, I, have, I have lied. Wow. Okay, ready? Oh, dear. We're like, <laughs> we're like two for two. Yeah, we're a bunch of liars. Okay, here's another one. Um. I'm fine. I'm okay. Oh, women Liar. especially. <laughs> women especially. Yeah. Wow. You've, you've said that Read one? my mind. You guys are currently tied. I'm, yep. I'm, I'm feeling just fine, close. but really yeah. I'm not. So figure out what I really am upset yeah. about. Mm. I'm just too tired to tell her. Okay. Here's one. We'll, we'll go ahead and do one for Matt. Mm-hmm. It's, you look fine. Thank you, Merritt. <laughs> You're a wonderful person. Thank you. What's my question? Do you say that? Oh, was that it? Yeah, that oh, was it. Oh, I thought it. you were just saying something. I was going to um, let you ride with it for a little while. You look but... fine and not meant it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when they're sick in bed. Uh-huh. Or <laughs> they're, sitting, they're puking. Yeah, or sitting across from you in the radio show wearing oh, tights yeah. and a cape. You look fine, mm. Sky. <laughs> okay, and here's the last one for Julie, maybe. Oh, please. please. You're right. Oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> just to have peace in the house. See? Liars. People are liars. Because I'm always right, you know. Oh, yeah. You guys oh, just. I just gave you that one. Tied. That was another lie. And you lied. But I just lied in that we one. Never, we never not lied. <laughs> um, we're not saying lying's great or right. We're just saying it happens. It's part of your life. It's not. I mean, you can try. Half of these we don't even think of as a lie. Like, have you ever just been driving home? We've talked about this earlier. And. I'm now putting Julie on the spot. And if she's lied, then I'll probably win. Because she's not allowed to ask me questions now. <laughs> because her husband said she can't. So um, here's the deal. Julie, have you ever been driving somewhere and you're late or whatever? And they and you say, I'll be there in five minutes. Mm. But you really weren't going to oh, be in five minutes. No. More like ten minutes. Absolutely. Liar. Every day. Okay. So she's lied more than me. Oh, so you've never done that? Oh, that was a lie. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> Hardest game in the world. Thanks, Julie. Hey, Thanks. you know, the, the takeaway is is that whatever we do, to keep the peace, you know? Yeah. And to not be destructive. Right. Yeah. And um, it's going to be okay. I, and be like the rest of us that are in an award-winning radio show. Mm-hmm. You know, try to be cool like us. Mm-hmm. Throw tortillas. Yeah. Congratulations to Bryce Alfredo Tobin, the gold award-winning journalist from the Matt Townsend Show. He won gold 
Let me just say it one more time. Gold in the feature story or program. We love you, Bryce. Come home. We have gluten-free cookies. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. 